If you can uh, reopen your Bibles at Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 10. But if you happen to come to uh, chapter 1 while on your way, we're going to go back there too. So, um, but this morning, the, uh, as it says up there, the uh, title of the message is Preparing for Battle. And this is the part of uh, the Ephesians where Paul tells us how to prepare for it. Now, any, any good army, the leadership of the army or, or the defence force, don't, doesn't just send the, uh, the soldiers and others out into the battle without equipping them as to what the battle's about. Uh, where, you know, why, why are they fighting this and, and those kind of things? And who, who are they fighting and that, that sort of thing? So uh, I propose this morning that I'll, I will briefly, very briefly, state the challenge before us and then I will uh, I'll offer pastoral encouragement from the immutable word of God. And I use that word specifically this morning. It's immutable. It's unchangeable. Um, our God has written this down and it's not written down twice for us um, because he made a mistake in the first writing. Uh, it is written down for us and it's immutable. It's, it's unchangeable. And so all the promises there, they're unchangeable. The promises towards his people, they're unchangeable. And we need to understand that as we are going into the future, whatever the future uh, might hold for us. Now, the challenge before us, the storm clouds of adversity are no longer at a distance, but are now on our doorstep. It would be foolish to ignore them. Acknowledging the presence of an illness is the first step in preparing to battle it. It is not a sign of weakness to do so. It is a grown-up thing to do. In fact, it is wisdom at work. I don't recall who it was now or how long ago, but I seem to think it was some time ago that I was talking to somebody about getting skin cancer checks and those kind of things. And, uh, and this person shied away from that and said, no, 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 I don't want to. What if I find that I've got skin cancer? So you can see there the importance of understanding the battle in front of you. Because if you don't understand what you're fighting against, you won't know how serious it is or whether it is, in, whether it is serious in, indeed. So the growing persecution that I'm seeing unfold before me now, I was reading about this during the 1970s as happening over there not here. You know that kind of thing? You read about it as happening in another country, uh, almost in another world or another universe it seems. And then we think, well I hope that doesn't come here. And I, I, I remember as I think back on those times how we placed our trust in our culture that it would protect us. 
And I think that's a great, grave mistake to make because cultures are fluid. They change all the time, as we have seen. The current public narrative is a constant, exhausting assault upon the mind and it is demanding unreserved submission. Churches are now being called to a higher level of visible commitment to Christian teaching than they have been for a very long time. Are we up to the challenge, my friends? Churches are now being warned that they will have to turn unvaccinated people away from their services or risk punishment. This then is an attack upon the fundamental ministry of the church. For me, this is a bridge too far. What about you? This is a development that naturally springs out of current, the, the current public narrative. And in fe February this year, a federal minister uh, told me that by the end of this year, if we don't have that passport, we won't even be able to buy food in the shops. Eventually, you will not be allowed to receive a wage, as is happening in Italy right now. So that is a challenge before us, and it's happening now. What do we do with that? And that is the question. What then do we do? How do we approach this? I, am recall, I recall uh, the disciples, when they were put in a very similar kind of a situation, about preaching in the name of Jesus and they were it was demanded of them that they no longer preach in the name of Jesus. Now they didn't say you just automatically go out and dis disregard the authorities and you're a law unto yourself. They didn't say that at all. They simply said well you decide for yourselves whether it's right to obey man or God. So in that one sentence they were acknowledging that there is a higher authority, a higher power, that at times we must obey there. So the offer of pastoral encouragement, this morning it comes from the immutable word of God, which is always trustworthy. My friends, I will tell you what to do. We praise God that he is in control. And he has promised to be with us even to the end of the age. Now, friends, I typed promised in capital letters. Do you know why? Because in today's, today's uh, you know, texting, texting and emailing and all this sort of thing, if you type something in capitals, you're shouting at the person. You're shouting. That's what it means. And I want to shout to you today, and I'll shout it from the rooftops that God has promised to walk with us. God has promised to be with us. God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what comes our way, no matter what uh, afflictions man put upon us. Thus far, it has been inconvenient at worst, really. But there's more to come. So our God has promised to walk with us. Did I shout loud enough? Did you hear me? Yes. I hope you did. Because I'll tell you what to do. Praise God in the face of it. 
Lift your spirits up and say, God, I praise you no matter how I am feeling. I lift up your wonderful name no matter how I'm feeling because you are worthy of all praise no matter how I am feeling. And God, you are always faithful no matter how I am feeling or how my current circumstances are. Now, that is not to diminish or or put down how we're feeling. That is just to acknowledge that there is someone who is far above how we feel. And he is calling us to reach up to him and grab hold of him and to be encouraged by his very presence because he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that a wonderful promise that God has given to us? You remember, uh, sorry, current events, for instance, have not caught him by surprise as they did many of us. You remember a year or so ago, we were all excited about planning for the year of evangelism. And then all of a sudden, we were shut down for months. We weren't allowed to go out of the house almost. None of that caught God by surprise. He knew all that was going to come. And I remember how excited I was about learning new technology and learning how to film things. And even though it made my brain twist into a a figure eight at times, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed learning something new. But that was just a personal thing. But throughout these times, our Lord and our Saviour walks with us. He never leaves us nor does he forsake us. I think that the, uh, <clears throat> the Hebrew reference to continue to support one another all the more as a day approaches is more imperative now than ever before in our lifetime. My friends, my family, we need each other. We need each other. No matter what comes our way, We need each other. Be blessed in Jesus Christ. Know that he is walking with you. Uh, If you want that Hebrew reference, it's in chapter 10 and verse 23, 24, 25. Read that whole business because it's really talking about quite a bit there. Now our, our text this morning begins with the word finally. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, the word finally. Over the length of this letter, that word implies some distance travelled in thought, doesn't it? Finally. After all of this, finally. So let's just very quickly note some of those great thoughts. Go back to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Isn't that a great and wonderful statement of fact? It is something that we can place our trust in. It is immutable. It is unchangeable because it is done. It is done. And so we find there 
in verse 15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you and I remembering in remembering you in prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Wow. Should I stop reading? <laughs> I mean, isn't that a wonderful thought? I mean, no wonder he is, he is almost breathing. Oh, finally, finally, brothers, finally, brethren. We've had a big journey. We've had a big climb in great truth all this way. And now finally... But let's not forget, as we consider the finally, some of these great truths that God has given us. And then in verse uh, chapter 2, we discover that grace comes through faith. It is not something that just just that, that we work for or we, we earn or we are worthy of. If we are worthy of something, then it is not grace. And so we find there that Paul talks about the grace of God and the mercy of God. And these are the great truths that he has been teaching these people in this uh, era when there was considerable persecution going on. And then in chapter 3, there's the mystery of the gospel revealed. And this great mystery, as you remember, was a remarkable revelation to that Saul of Tarsus, that man who was filled with anger and hatred towards these, these Christians, these blasphemous people, uh, the, these many gods people, and he was going to uh, destroy them. But for this reason, he says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, <laughs> the very people he's talking about, he hated. And this is the mystery of the gospel that he speaks of, that it was not just for the Jews, but it was for all people who would come by faith in Christ Jesus. You see, God is inclusive. He's inclusive with all people. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you have done. You come by faith in Jesus Christ. And his blood is sufficient to cleanse you from all sin. And he will set you free. And then in verse chapter 4 we read, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk worthy in a manner, uh, worthy in a manner of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. Oh, there's a bit of a, bit of a challenge for us, isn't it? Bit of a challenge? Sometimes we stand on each other's toes, don't we? Sometimes we say things that are not particularly palatable for some people. Uh, but bearing with one another, Paul is saying, bear with one another in love. Right? Remember, you don't really know why they did what they did or, or said what they said. But bear with that person in love, he's, he's saying. Because... Christ was bearing 
yourselves. And he did it in love. Uh, my friends, he goes on there in uh, in these uh, next chap couple of chapters, which we haven't uh, gone gone through in our series here, but I just quickly refer to them. It says to walk in love in chapter five. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragment fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. A fragrant offering. You know, I, I uh, listened to a message um, just during the week at, at conference where there was a reference to uh, the, the vial of uh, perfume that the woman had poured on Jesus' feet. Very expensive perfume. Could you just imagine the fragrance of that? Beautiful. Would have been a beautiful aroma, I can imagine. And here, Paul is saying that as we are imitators of God and walking in love as Christ walked in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, this is a, fra this is a fragrant offering. This is a beautiful pouring out of our souls in a fragrant offering to Jesus Christ who is worthy of it all. Then he goes on to introduce relationships, uh, wives and husbands, uh, children and parents. And then, uh, then there's a workplace relationship with bond servants and masters um, in, in those days, but today we could call it uh, the boss and the worker. You know, that's the basic uh, breakup of it, isn't it? And so he talks talks to those people there. And all of these have potential for conflict. Even right back there in the beginning of, of the passage there, the spiritual blessings in Christ, there, there's a potential for conflict. And as we go through each of these, there's a potential for conflict. And there's a potential for conflict in all that Paul is talking about because they are so lovely in Jesus' sight that the devil wants to attack them and tear them down. And you may find that as you are walking in love that you are attacked. Why? Because the devil doesn't like it. Many, many years ago at Tambourine Mountain there in, in the conference up there, um, I remember the, one of the preachers getting up into the pulpit and, and he said, you would be surprised at the thoughts that went through my head a few moments ago. He didn't say what they were, but I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> but the devil can attack you mercilessly because he hates the goodness of Christ. And so we come to this finally. In all these areas of potential for conflict, he now gives us the solution to it all. Whether it's in those particular areas that he mentions in there or whether it's in our current circumstance that we're all facing right across the nation and in many different countries, here we have the answer to our problem. And uh, so finally... My brothers and sisters, know our real source 
of strength. Verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You see, Paul is saying that it, it, it's not just good advice, people. It is that. It is good advice. But it's not just that. It's necessary if we're going to have victory in whatever conflict that may come our way, irrespective of what it is. We need to be strong in the strength in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And he says there, it goes on to say, Now put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So to help us in our difficult times, start with submitting to the Lordship of Christ. In James chapter 4 and verse 7, we read these words, Submit yourselves therefore to God. What's the rest of it? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But just concentrate on that first bit for the moment. Submit yourselves therefore to God. So don't, don't submit to the fear aspect of whatever it is that's coming our way. Submit yourselves therefore to God. What this means is that we take all that we have and are, including our beliefs, and lay them before the Lord and allow him to examine them. It may be that this will bring change. Are we prepared to do so? This is where victory starts. I've told you this before and I'll tell you again because I love telling the story of how Jesus rescued me. You know I was converted up at Mount Tambourine, but the Lordship of Christ was something that I submitted to in the Wimmeran Hall when um, Reg Jarrett, the Baptist evangelist, came around many, many years ago. And you know what? I didn't even know what the doctrine of the Lordship of Christ was. He didn't mention it. But I knew that I was submitting to the wholeness of Christ. I knew that I was converted up there, but uh, I knew that I had the presence of the Spirit in me, but I was still conflicted with going the way of the world. And I needed to lay it all down before the Lord Jesus Christ. And up there in that hall, that old hall which is not there anymore, I found the doctrine of the Lordship of Christ. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't even know the terminology of it. And even as I saw it begin to make changes in my life, I still didn't know the terminology of it. I had to wait years later to hear the term and to begin to understand what was already happening in my life. And so, my friends, I encourage you today, submit to the Lordship of Christ. Now, you may not have a clue of what that might mean. Don't care. Do it. Because I know that Christ will not fail you. Because I have walked with him 
in my own ignorance of what was going on in my life, but he was doing it. And so, my friends, know the real source of your strength. It is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Isaiah 41 verse 10, Fear not, that, uh, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. H hear these I wills. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, righteous right hand. Isn't that wonderful? What can challenge our faith with this great and remarkable eternal promise that is written down in this immutable word of God? What, what can take away our faith? Oh, I might quickly remind myself and us all here that there's a lot of things that can be taken away from us. Comfort, possessions, access to this or access to that. I mean, I've been reading about that sort of stuff for many years. It's happening in other countries. Uh, why, why wouldn't it happen here? There's a lot of things that can be removed from us, but I tell you what, there's one thing that the world will never take from me, and that is my faith in Jesus Christ. Because he worked in me when I didn't even know what he was doing. So now that I know what he's doing, how much more am I going to hang on to him? So, know your, where your real strength comes from. Know that the furthering of our strategy for victory is obeying God in faith. In verse 11, verse 11 says, Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, it's a shame, I think, in some sense, that uh, Sunday schoolism has made the, these parts of Scripture kind of something that Sunday schoolers learn and have nice little illustrations of them. And then as we grow up into the wisdom of adulthood, you know, we, we leave those sort of things behind and we, and we begin to trust in other things, the wisdom of man and, and the wisdom that comes with education and, uh, and other things that, that give us a stable footing in life. We begin to trust in those and it is such a shock when those things are taken away from us. Sometimes it's our health. I used to pride myself in being able to just go out and paint a house to earn a bit of money. But you know what, folks? I couldn't paint my way out of a wet paper bag now. <laughs> I've no idea how I would do that anymore. It's taken away from me. But I know that God is still with me. Now, know the furthering of our strategy for victory is obeying God in faith. 
Whether you know what you're doing or not, it is obeying God in faith. It's God, yes, here is the promise here. I don't know what's going to happen out here, but I do know that you are the one who's going to sustain me and strengthen me and encourage me. And you're the one that's going to uplift me and bring my spirits up out of the doldrums. And you are the one who is walking with me through it. You see, you know the old, the old psalm, walking through the shadow, shadow of the valley of death. I mean, that's not a, that's not a picture of a pain-free existence, is it? That's a picture where it's all terrible. But what is wonderful is that God is in the shadow with us. Isn't that wonderful? No matter what comes our way, our Saviour calls us to the obedience of faith. Uh, brothers and sisters, it is your spiritual duty to put your faith in Jesus because he shed his blood for you. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Wow, that psalmist knew about it, didn't he? Do you know what opinion is? I'd imagine, imagine you would. Opinion is the outer part of a bird's wings, including the flight feathers. Is that a lovely picture? Is that a lovely picture of what God does for us? I've had that picture for many years in my computer library thing. Been waiting for the right time to use it. And it's today. <laughs> Here it is. Now look at that picture. It's a real coup. Yeah, it's a real coup. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but look, look at that picture, folks. What, what did the psalmist say? He will cover you with his pinions. Our Father will cover you. He will protect you. He will keep you. James 4 verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Victory always begins with God. It never begins with our strength in resistance. I was counselling with somebody many, many moons ago now about uh, uh, getting away from pornography. And uh, he insisted on keeping his pornography books at close hand 
And he said, I want them there so that I can resist them. Now, I really don't know whether he, whether he conquered it or not, but, but uh, I could see eventually that he really had to go his own way and discover his, uh, his folly. But here, my friends, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It always starts with God. Your victory always starts with God. You see, then he says, okay, I've empowered you now. You stand in faith and you say no. No. Go away. I will not have it. 2 Timothy 4 verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and forever. Now, I've purposely not this morning gone through those well-known pieces of armour. How many times have you heard them preached about and how many times have you seen nice little illustrations of them? It's all very good, but I just want you to know that they are there and they are meant for you to apply today. Not tomorrow or the next day, but today. And learn to live in them. Live in them. Don't take them off. Live in them. And when you go home today, open up that passage and read them through and say, well, Lord, where am I failing in putting on a piece of armour? Do I have any piece of armour that I have not put on today? Because, you know, when God gives you a list of things to do, he means you to do that list. <coughs> It means you do them all, not just one or two. You say, oh, well, what good little boy I am. He, he, means, he means for the whole armour to be on, every bit of it. So ask God when you go home today, God, is there a piece of armour that I've left in the cupboard? Because without it, I am vulnerable. So I trust that today you've been encouraged in your confidence in the captain of our faith, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. I want to jump right to the end. There's a few more points that I won't today. There's the last one. Oop. There it is. What's that say? Read it all. To that end, keep alert. Now there's a challenge for you. Find that in this passage. Not now, <laughs> when you go home. To that end, keep alert. Our Father in heaven, indeed, we thank you for your loving kindness to us. In the face of all the difficulties and troubles that come our way and others that we do not know are coming, you know about them. You know every one of them. And so today... We are encouraged and strengthened in our confidence in the captain of our faith, 
our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we ask for your blessing and strength to be upon us, that we might honour you in all things. To his glory we pray. Amen.